Welcome to another edition of the Chords and Chords podcast. It is your host, Sean Kavanaugh. I am joined today by a very special guest, the 15th man co-host, bringing back the boys, Jacob Roach over in Vegas, my fellow VSIN exile. Jacob, how's it going over in Vegas? It's good to have you back, a voice that hopefully I'll be jumping on your podcast, sports, music, and movies. You'll be jumping on mine. Hopefully we're going to start building this. You're kind of in the same boat as me, trying to grow these things together. So how you been, man? Good, man. Things are going well. Yes, we are a visa and exiles. There's, there's, there is a very few lists. A lot of people don't leave that place, but we did. Um, but no, man, it's going well. You know, it's getting hot in Vegas, but I'm just a Boston Celtics are in the finals. So life is pretty good right now. Yeah, Vegas Celtics. And we'll get to some of that NBA talk later. I wanted to start because I think you texted me one of the first few things as you were starting the, your new podcast idea. You know, we've gone through a few and you're like, Music and stuff. I know you talk about it. I need to get some Harry Styles mm-hmm. thoughts out. My buddy and I just broke down the whole thing last week. I can talk about it for days. So let's hear your first initial thoughts. What do you think of Harry's house? Why did you need to get what you need to get off your chest? I mean, so my big issue is my co-host guy. Uh, he is not in Harry Styles at all. He could not be more Second. like less. He just is not impressed. Um, I honestly I had a back and forth relationship with Harry Styles. I'd say right until the pandemic. And then um started watching just a lot of YouTube and yep. he is the best song coverer on YouTube. I mean, the, the Howard Stern sledgehammer is kind of like what got me into Harry Styles, to be honest, but I don't blame you. I mean, it, it's I like, I can like recite like that whole video almost like, like I can do like Howard Stern's dialogue. I've watched it so many times. Let's do, let's do a little sledgehammer. Let's do a little sledgehammer. Um, <laughs> But, you know, then that, that album was hot at the time. And uh, then this new one comes out. And I had low expectations because I thought the last album was fantastic. And I'm blown away by just the ability to follow it up. And that's kind of like, that's what makes you a star, right? Is to follow up your first two albums that were huge with another, like, just masterpiece. So that's what separates people who are good at music and people who are superstars. And I think Harry Styles is having a moment. And I mean, yeah, this album front, to, it's, it's one of the best front to back albums in a long time. Yeah, there's not a single skippable song. Everything has its moments. It almost I mean, he's talked about this in interviews and stuff where it kind of has that old feel, which is something you don't see a lot. Um, I mean, there's been a couple of artists who have done it just like recently, and I hope it becomes a trend that gets back into it of creating a whole album and having it be meant to play from start to end arcade fires have been we both like their new albums that way it seems really strange if you just listen to it one song at a time it kind of has to be pieced together and harry styles has said the same thing about this one where there's even a moment after matilda where it's supposed to be kind of like the flip of a record an old lp you know flip over to side b that has this continuity to it that really like you said makes it more than just music it's its own kind of entity and a project in itself and even more so how it went from, like you said, he started coming off of the One Direction superstardom. It's really hard to go from that to your solo career. We've seen it so many times. You know, you look at the members of the Backstreet Boys. No one really took off. They get back together. sync. Justin's the only one that made it. Everyone is kind of still never really put something together. And even with Justin Timberlake, his first album was kind of just like, I mean, you know, Crimea River is a five minute power ballad, but <laughs> there's still a, a lot of, you know, like 
in synky kind of songs. It's very poppy. And with what Harry Styles did with his first one was completely, you know, almost like, hey, I want to be an indie rocker over here. Yeah. And then his second album was different. His third album was different. And I think that's really important. Like what you said is that growth is when you talk about these artists who are headlining and have hang around for a while, it's because they have an album you know, the eventually one album that nobody likes because they went off and did something different and then they came back. So to have that consistency, especially in the beginning, to do three different soundscapes, I guess you could call them, and still have it all be good, it shows that this guy's kind of working on a different level. That's almost like if you look, if you go top bands of all time and you like look at their album lineage, it is really the best bands. Usually it's growth over time. Every Beatles mm-hmm. album is completely different. Every Rolling Stones album has a different sound. Like that is like the telltale sign of like, oh, this person understands that they have to evolve with their music. And yeah. that's just, like, that's the difference. That's what makes, I guess, separate separates the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin from other rock bands because everything has a different sound because as we grow as people, so should like the art you create. Uh, it's interesting you bring up Timberlake because I think like right now, Harry Styles is like drawing huge comparisons to Justin Timberlake's career. Yeah, there's an easy parallel there. Like it, it's, and honestly, I think he's way ahead because Timberlake, I'd say for the first couple albums, wasn't taken nearly as seriously because to your point, Harry Styles changed his sound, but justified like, I mean, Senorita is like the only song that's really kind of not like a pop song. Senorita is yeah. sick. I'm a I ride for Senorita, but Same. really not until like the second album does he like change his sound. But Harry Styles changed his sound right away, and now is still dating Olivia Wilde. Might have Olivia Wilde pregnant. What's going on there? I don't know about the pregnant part, but that I know was a they big are. Rumor I saw like they are dating. Ago. She. I mean, my friend brought this up the other day. Like, you know, always you have the side of age is just a number and the other side of people like the age gap is weird. Uh, you kind of feel a little bit for Jason Sudeikis. I know yeah, <laughs> I remember one time, I think we, we both have his number. I don't know if it's still his actual number from our guest contact booking and stuff. It was in one of those black books we got at VEASAN and I still have it. And I know it shows up as blue. So I've always been wanting to text it. I remember there was that one time I was like, I wanted to reach out and be like, Hey man, hope you're okay. <laughs> Harry <laughs> didn't do it though. Well, because Sudeikis was riding for like every like seven in the world. He's like, watch this. <laughs> watch this 7.2 land like a 9.3. Like he he was he was riding for all of us, I'd say. True. It's, t- it's tough because I like Harry Styles so much. Like it's, it's hard to like be against this. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a 10 years difference. But really, like in Hollywood, that's nothing. That's two True. years. That's- and but yeah, so I guess I don't know. The, the parenting part. I think he even moved to London while he's filming Ted Lasso. The last thing I saw was because I, like you, watch way too many. I think kind of my growth into Harry Styles came from YouTube videos as well, yeah. like all the covers and just seeing him in interviews and stuff, realizing like, oh, this guy's like, like you just want to be friends with him. Yeah. You know, like this guy would be like a great friend to have. And so now that is my explore page is all like, just it's either like nature pictures and like which national park to go to and then Harry Styles. So I did see one where it was him and Olivia going. He's starting his European tour and she was going with him. No kids were in sight. So I don't know. Maybe she's I like two weeks ago. Her I, I read recent like a, divorcee. I read like a total tabloid thing about like, is Olivia Wilde pregnant with Harry Styles kid? And I was like, I'm so in. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. Um, I mean, I think the big thing that Harry Styles did early on is. He got a, he he was in a good movie like that is really important to his career. The fact that he landed Dunkirk in 2017 
I, and didn't suck. And and that movie's sick. I love Dunk. I ride for Dunkirk. And he's well, you you know the story behind him getting casted in Dunkirk? Refresh my memory. No one didn't know who he was. He was casted solely on his acting ability. Oh. So he was not casted at, because he was Harry Styles. Because he's not in a big role. No. But like that set him up to now. I mean, he's in Eternals. He's a Marvel character. He's pretty I would put really good money on that 10 years from now, Harry Styles either has a Disney plus Marvel series or a movie because he's Harry Styles and it's Marvel. Yeah. Like he, he has done, I, I can't think of really anybody who's positioned himself better career wise than Harry Styles. Like right now. It's Maybe. amazing. The man does not miss his, no, I don't know he, what his creative team is doing. You want to think a lot of it is him. I know musically he, the, he's worked with pretty much, two or three producers there were two producers on this album they pretty much wrote the whole entire album in a house mm-hmm. or a couple houses no pun intended with the album name together just the three of them going at it and i was actually looking at him one of them uh he goes by like his producer tags like kid harpoon i think his name is tyler or something his discography is like all stuff that's just like right up my alley i'm like oh this yeah. makes a lot of sense now like he's done stuff with like florence and the machine and maggie rogers and you're just looking at like his discography like oh this guy's producer for me like we think the same way he's just a lot more talented than i am in putting things together but it's amazing to see like you want to think how much is going into this projection and trajectory because he's doing everything like perfectly it's unreal i don't think anybody's kind of operating in the same stratosphere that he is right now i I would say right now like it this is this reminds me of like the late 90s when will smith literally said i'm gonna do a bunch of alien movies because that's what's hot (laughs) like that's that was his that was his creative team's whole direction was like we're gonna get you in blockbusters we're gonna get you in big summer movies that's how we got bad boys independence day men in black like it all makes sense yeah right now harry pot harry potter harry styles (laughs) is on top of the world because he's positioned himself well and like he's in a stratosphere right now i would say like the top of Hollywood besides this Miles Teller blip that we're living in right now because of Top Gun Maverick. Yep. It's Chalamet, it's Harry Styles and it's Tom Holland. And yeah, I was going to say they're Tom on Holland. fire. And I don't know, they're the a, white boys of the summer. It, it makes a guy like me who doesn't have a very small petite frame like just ask myself what I did the last 6 years by lifting weights. I should have been, yes. been leaning out, man. It's, yeah, baby. It's, it's your summer, dude. You, you've got the Chalamet, like Harry Styles build. You're you're ready to go. I waited so long for this moment. Uh, I mean, dude, my buddy even said the same thing. He's like, you picked a great time to be skinny. Like, it's really yeah. come around for you. Like, Harry Styles has done so much for you as a person. And I was like, yes, he has. I thank him every day. Yeah, like, like my issue was in my formative years from like 12 to 20, I watched way too much Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg. Well, yeah, that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. I remember in high school, like, as like, stupid I, as it is, you don't want to be a guy who's like, oh, I had buddy issues and whatever. Like, obviously, there's people who have it much worse. But there was a pressure. Like, you're in a weight room and you're only 15. And you're supposed to be, like, playing with these football players who have thighs the size of tree trunks yeah. and you feel, like, lesser than. And then Harry Styles comes around and Timothy Chalamet just changes the game. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, really, Chalamet, uh, let's, let's take a quick just – Wrote into Timothy Chalamet. He has potential to be our generation's, I don't, but probably generation below us, Leo. He has potential to be the next Leo with the mystique he has, how he carries himself, quirkiness, his, his quirkiness. And I guess the dude just slays. Like, <laughs> like, uh, there is a story I, I heard from Coachella of that he just like slays, but he, but you don't know that it's not like front facing slaying like Leo. Like, you have to like kind of really dive deep. I really think he's on track to be like, 
the next Leo esque person. Yeah. And then the, like if if we did like a tit for tat, like what's going on? Like Holland is the next action star. Tom Holland's here for the next fifteen years, which is insane. And Give me the next Tom Cruise. They're both short kings, you know. Yeah. No, that's a good comparison because he's not a Wahlberg or he's not a Damon because he's not like I don't think he can go there edge wise. But Tom Cruise never goes there. He, he's never had to. Tom Cruise is based off of his like physical abilities as like an athlete. Weird to call him athletic because he literally cannot throw a ball. But like his. Gymnastics- but he runs better on screen, as everyone yeah. says. It's he's the worst best athlete of all time. <laughs> but because Holland does his own stunts. Holland is a stunt guy. Cruise yeah. is a stunt guy. Like Tom Holland. That's a great comparison. And then really like the Wahlberg, Damon, Affleck, like. Those guys don't exist anymore. It's Harry Styles has eliminated the toxic masculinity that everyone really like I I grew. I'm a big action movies guy. I think what's happened to I think and we're due for like an action movie boom. And there's really no action action movie stars anymore to carry it. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Cruise is still starring in the biggest action movie of the year. And he's not an action star. He's not like Jason Statham to me is the last action hero that we have. It stops at Statham. It's like, and that's it. Cause what happened was I, I didn't mean to hijack this podcast and go to tyrant <laughs> on how I feel about eighties action movies. Cause I think they get too much grief. It's just, you know, I, I think we're too mean to them. Like it's just to have fun is the fast and furious movies and Marvel movies became action movies. And we mm-hmm. don't get any good action movies. Go back and watch the first predator. It's amazing. And we don't make movies like that anymore. So that's sure. where I'm at with the action movies and how Harry Styles has ruined my childhood. <laughs> Well, he's helped me a lot. We're the same age, same time. I'm living at the the perfect time to be alive. And speaking of, I've had this conversation too. Like my little sister, she's 17 now, was obsessed with One Direction growing mm-hmm. up. You know, that was basically like her boy band. So she's been an OG fan. Harry Styles was like her first big concert, the last tour he did. And she was talking about how, do you think that, you know, when he's going to be going on and on and she's older in her age. She's going to be coming back. Cause we went to a Paul McCartney show and she's like, yeah. is this going to be me with Harry Styles, you know, mm. in 30 years, is he going to get to that level where he can maintain? And I kind of want to get your thoughts on it about that iconic status of yeah. who, which musical artists right now are going to have that kind of longevity that we talked about. You know, we've seen their growth and might be around, especially too, cause we've seen it all the time. Right especially nowadays, it's really in to have a, a graphic tee of an old band. Yeah. Even if you've never listened to them, we see, I, you can give me a couple too. I don't know which ones, if we go on a little tangent here, who are the most popular? I think you get sublime a lot, Led Zeppelin, yep. queen, the queen shirts, big, um, oddly enough, Def Leppard shirts are really big. Yeah. Metallica's in there Meta- too. Like it's, it's not even like you, you walk this line of like good music, but also just like, sick like van halen has sick cover art so like van halen shirts yeah. are popular honestly the, the two call. other beyond rock is beastie boy shirts do really well and so do prince we, shirts wu-tang shirts and then the prince purple rain shirt is yeah. an all-time all-time music shirt i'd say but yeah i think you're right it's queen queen's probably top three zeppelin's top three and then that damn sublime shirt (laughs) (laughs) that damn sublime shirt that the people wearing that sublime shirt can only name you what i got and santeria uh, maybe yeah like they 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 know santeria but they don't realize this by sublime true that's a good call (laughs) that that is the people wearing the sublime shirt honestly had a waitress the other is memorial day we were out with a couple of friends and our waitress was wearing a sublime shirt 
And, you know, you always, when you see that shirt, or when you see someone wearing a music shirt, you're always like, oh, name five songs, like the classic cliche. Also yeah. another one, the Dark Side of the Moon album cover is yeah. always a yeah. classic t-shirt. But, and I wanted to be like, well, I can't really ask that because I don't know if I can name five Sublime songs. And oh, we were all man. thinking of it as a table and we got to like three and struggling oh, with names. Oh, I, I could go like 30 deep. I love Sublime. <laughs> Sublime when I was like 17 and like, like discovered weed and it was like i was gonna say it was like the summer i never (laughs) had that weed phase you had that sublime weed summer yeah Yeah, that was that was a big moment in my life (laughs) um so my question though is the harry's house album cover is that going to be should we you and i go buy a couple of those t-shirts because they're going to be vintage one day and our kids are going to be like oh my god like for me am i going to be able to tell my kids i saw harry styles at coachella his first headlining performance right before Harry's house came out. And is that going to mean something to them in the same way that when my dad tells me he saw Pink Floyd tour the dark side of the moon in the stadium in Cleveland. And I go like, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. is the younger generation below us going to have that same status with Harry Styles? So I think to the shirt topic, you kind of hit on something there. It's, it's, it's been replaced by festival merch. Now the shirts don't exist, but the festivals matter. And yeah. I think the fact that you saw like Harry Styles at that Coachella, that matters. Having a Harry Styles shirt from this tour wouldn't matter. But if you're like, oh, I got a Coachella 2022 bandana or a Lollapalooza, you know, 2017 was great Lollapalooza. Even if you look at like the classic festivals, like 92 Lollapalooza, people love that merch. Like the festivals have kind of righted the concert T-shirt. And now just made it about festival gear. It's about the water bottles, the bandanas, and maybe the shirts. And the lineup tee, yeah. The lineup tee, yeah. I think those have totally, totally ruined the tour shirts. But I think that does matter, though. Like the, If your kids like good music, I think you're like, oh, that was sick. That's a big if. What other artists out there do you think might have that same static? So I think Harry Styles is in that category right now. We're losing a lot of, you know, the bands that are capable of headlining. Like you're talking about the music festivals which I think is always a great way to look at where an artist is, is where yeah. they would appear on a lineup poster. And you are kind of seeing a lot now. It's a lot more solo artists and no one kind of brings the energy that a great band does that can headline, mm-hmm. you know, some of the greatest sets I've ever seen are like Arcade Fire and the Killers and Coldplay or Black Keys. So what kind of artists do you think are right now going or yeah. might be growing up that are going to have that status of, you know, when they do a reunion tour or a goodbye tour, like Elton John has been doing for five years, <laughs> that people are going to be shelling out a couple hundred bucks for them. I mean, it's a weird world we're in with music because we don't know how this rap is going to age, but yeah. like, I mean, if you're looking at the biggest people who are going to have followings, you have to say Drake, you have True. to say Kanye, like Kanye's last show will be a huge spectacle. So will Drake's. So will Kendrick's. Like that. That's where the, I would just say that's where the most rabid fans are, and the biggest fans are in rap music. And when I think about who wears a rap, who wears t-shirts, I see a lot of people wearing rap t-shirts. And like that. That's so. I, I think that's it. It's it's Kendrick. It's Drake. It's Kanye. Those those three are super important. Um, there'll be a huge deal when they go. It's Harry Styles. And I mean, then you get kind of have to start thinking like it's weird to say, but like Jonas Brothers are going to be important when they do their true. last show. It, That's it, like, true. It, it, name me a group from the last 15 years that matter more than the Jonas Brothers, because maybe just I, like one direction. But yeah, and they're not together anymore. Yeah, right? that would take so, a reunion. Like if you would have told BTS. me in 20, 
if you yeah bts that's another huge merch thing if you told me in 2011 i'd say oh mumford and sons is going to be huge for the next 20 years but they've really fallen off i mean yeah a little bit as much as i still love them but like but like think about 2011 mumford and sons you would you think they're on this this they're going to be huge for they're going to be in the top and they're just not same with the lumineers like those that was the music that i thought was really going to burst but then you know what happened was that's kind of the change in how we consumed music because right after you know that 2011 to 13 that's when we went to instagram videos that's when we went to snapchats and that Mm -hmm. led to tiktok and tiktok has totally totally leveled the music field but yeah it's just completely changed music It, it, it you can only do well musically now if your song gets hot on TikTok. I mean, how not all of the success of this album for Harry Styles has to do with as the fact that as it was was a huge TikTok for, song for the last three months, but it helps. It definitely helped. <laughs> it, it, it helps with a lot of the younger demographic who don't know who One Direction is. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other person in that conversation has got to be, I mean, Taylor Swift is her fine. She, she, she will age She's well musically. Already her following is insane and you look at just like kind of the influence too right you know when somebody says oh we're gonna like say somebody younger wants to identify and like oh listen to something older and they'd be like oh queen you know queen is like the i don't even know what you describe them as maybe you could say but there's people that you like you compare to right so my friend who loves my chemical romance is always like i felt like my chemical romance was my age is queen you know in a different way because they had that mm. obviously not at the same level <laughs> but there's like uh a dramatic thing where you can at least compare them to you, right? You're like, no one's ever comparing. No one's going to be looking back and be like, oh yeah, they were, if you like this artist, they were kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of someone with like out being super insulting, but I mean, no one's going to be like, Hey, this is like blah, blah, blah. Um, Niall Horan, you know? Yeah. Like no, no offense to Niall Horan. He's a great guy, but like, no one's going to be comparing future music to Niall Horan's solo work, you know, but people will be comparing like, Oh, this guy's kind of like Harry Styles, I think. Or this yeah. guy's kind of like The Weeknd. If you like The Weeknd's early stuff, you might like this. There's names that create that level. And Taylor Swift is a perfect example because yeah. of the amount of people she's influenced now. You look at Phoebe Bridgers and Claro and all of the other young female... I, I, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, singer-songwriters who have Swift, come yeah. up because of Taylor Swift paved that way for them. And to be living already as that icon. I think Harry Styles, you know, as we talked about, is going up there maybe he is at that status right now we'll see if it lasts the weekend in that same way is trajectory justin bieber i think has probably iconic ish he he's an icon and he does a really good job of popping up every two years with a slightly different sound that everyone loses their mind about he does a really good job with that yeah dua lipa's also on that climb up we'll see she's she's on the climb i will see if she has stability, because yeah. we, we don't see a lot of the, like the, I would consider her pop pop pop. Artists hard. Don't have a huge sticking power. Yeah. It's, you look at like Beyonce, Rihanna and Lady Gaga are like the last three it, who have made it past. Yeah, And they're beyond. I mean, Lady Gaga is one of the best singers the last 30 years. Right. And yeah. Lady Gaga. I mean, I don't want to like it's it's crazy to say, but she benefited a lot from Amy Winehouse not being around. I can say that her, her, she she would have had some market correction if Amy Winehouse was still making music. I believe that. I really I do. almost kind of would have liked to see that because I think we might have gotten a little bit. No offense to like, I mean, she's an incredible artist and I know Gaga fans are crazy. I'm not trying to 
throw any dirt on Stephanie Germanata's name. But I thought maybe if Amy Wyance was still around, we might have gotten a little bit more of like that jazzy Gaga. Yeah. Like the yeah. Vegas show she does yeah. now, which is my favorite Gaga when she's behind a piano, just that raspy oh, yeah. voice. It's, Not it's so much late, Star is yeah. Born, but that edge. Lady to Gaga, it. Tony Bennett album. Like it's, yeah, yeah it's been when she's singing, when she's really singing. Yeah. yeah. And maybe I mean, Amy would have kind of brought that a little bit yeah. out of her. It would have been really interesting to see how Amy Winehouse kind of evolved as an artist. I would say this popped in my head as we're having this conversation about Harry Styles. Harry Styles is the closest thing. Like he's on track to like he he's he's our Frank Sinatra. Yeah. It, it's it's I mean, really, his next thing is to, to to get that next level. He does a really good job at the uh late night circuit. He kills it. And yeah, he's an incredible interview. He's got us if as soon as he starts like you know hosting ma- major events, like he's just knocked it out. He he's checked all the boxes. Um, I had did, did you watch the Beatles documentary? I saw mm-hmm. a documentary. Yeah, watching that, I realized John Lennon was the biggest miss. Yes, like because John Lennon had the charisma and had the humor to Dude's actually to actually like dominate. Pretty much from 65 to 90, he could have been he could have been Bob Hope esque, Frank Sinatra esque, hosting tonight show, hosting award shows, everything David music. Bowie was without the weirdness that cornered him yeah. into that people didn't want to talk about. He could have breached that and brought his weirdness to the more because, of a general public because he's funny. He's genuinely funny. Like mm-hmm. if you go back and like watch him do different voices and he does impressions and he tells jokes, like he's hilarious. He's I think it, as crazy as it is to say, if you played his career out 10 times, this is, that was not maximum John Lennon. And I think like, there's yeah. a lot of factors, yeah. but I mean, he's also pretty much strung out that whole experience too, but that's another conversation, <laughs> but he is hilarious. And I didn't realize how funny he was. That, um, that was the best piece of like anything that's came out in like 10 years. Oh, that documentary was amazing. By the way, it's not even a doc, it's a movie. It's a, it's a movie. That's a document. It's I don't even know how you classify that because yeah. it's not. A, it's really not a documentary, but it's and not it a movie. It's really cool too. When um, so Paul, I just saw Paul McCartney last weekend, and there's one part I think when he played "Get Back," Peter mm-hmm. Jackson put a whole montage of it together. It's kind of playing on the screens behind them when they were playing it, and then he also soloed uh, Lennon's vocals, and I've got a feeling. So Paul McCartney played alongside John Lennon. Lennon they were like singing sick. together, and it was unreal that is so cool and it's a, the power of like what movies can do so yeah definitely yeah we've mentioned a bunch of names i think harry styles for sure is on that list of going to be headlining festivals for a while if he you know chooses to go back that route and speaking of music festivals let's do a little segment here where you know every time you see a festival you see a lineup people always have strong reactions to it we see it every year with coachella who should be on it who's listed too high who's listed too low you saw the um, the one that's actually going to be in your backyard in Vegas, the When We Were Young Festival that mm-hmm. people still are questioning if it's even going to be real because it was basically every emo <laughs> punk, pop, pop punk band ever created playing in one single day on three stages all at the same time. But it was a very niche, crafted, curated festival, which is something that we might be seeing a lot more now that Live Nation is trying to go for this, you know, like, Maybe we have a K-pop festival where it's mm-hmm. all K-pop bands and you just get that one fan instead of kind of these mega fests like you see with Coachella and Lollapalooza that are 
blending genres and trying to put all together. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth. We'll do three each, maybe just like a little draft. We're going to come up with our own music festival ideas, flesh them out, see what you think of them. Some serious, some maybe a little bit tongue in cheek. Uh, I'll go first. So just kind of the best way to explain it is just give an example. My first one, picture this, is Reconciliation. It's the name of the festival. Okay. It's a little worried. Maybe we go with Reunite Fest, but I like Reconciliation. It felt a little bit more powerful. Hyde Park, three days in London. Headliners, Pink Floyd, Oasis, Led Zeppelin. Obviously, this is going to be a very, very expensive festival, but we're basically, we're just putting all the bad water under the bridge. We're reuniting the biggest bands possible. But you get an undercard, maybe you throw in the Smiths in there. You get somehow Morrissey to get back with the crew. You throw in ABBA just reunited. My Chemical Romance just got back together. They can be on the undercard. Obviously, it's going to be a very heavy bill because you're going to be spending so much money to get Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd back together. But three days in London, the middle of London, Hyde Park. What do you think about Reconciliation Festival? Just all the bands you wanted to see reunite, get back together. They see that, oh, if Led Zeppelin can do mm -hmm. it, maybe we can do it too. I think the hardest part of that is not reviving any dead band members for any bands it would the most difficult part of the that tightrope act is actually the oasis factor <laughs> like, it's like, true it's just noel gallagher not being a dickhead reuniting the gallaghers is harder than necromancy like <laughs> i really do, like this would be insane um i think it almost kind of sucks if you're not invited like you too sorry you guys never broke up yeah um, you're too pearl, good pearl too happy jam together. hey you guys should you guys should have liked each other rolling stones are bad we don't know what to tell you but yeah this would be insane this would be insane and i think what would suck about a concert like this is a ticket a festival like this the ticket price would be so much that the real fans couldn't go that's True. what that's always a conundrum that's always a conundrum but i'm in We're put me put me down as a yes all right what's your first one my first one is um, <laughs> One Hit Wonders. Oh, okay. I like it. <laughs> this To be in this festival, you can literally, like, you you have to be a one hit wonder. My headliners, The Knack. You know what The Knack sing? <laughs> I don't. My Sharona. Oh, yes. Okay. Aha. Uh Aha -huh. uh -huh is like a great Take sound. on me. And Vanilla Ice, right? Like, those are your, that, that's how you're getting people through the door. And then With Undercard, House of Pain. Deep blue something, Gautier for you know for the for the indie crowd. Yeah. Yes, it's the one hit wonders festival. You in? And they all have to con. And when they sign the contract to be in the festival, they have to play the one song. They're contractually oh, no, obliged. Oh no, no, Sean, it's beyond that. You have to play forty minutes, and you can only play that one song. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, they, we're not here to listen to anything else. You can only play that one song for a minimum of forty minutes. You can uh, play different styles, but you can only play that one song. Okay, I'm thinking. Try to think of some other. I think the Fountains of Wayne, right? Stacy's mom. They belong in this. Nice, good call. They belong in this card. Good pull. Uh, Tyle Cruz, Dynamite. Okay. Yep. He's got. He's got to be on this card. Just the. He can start off the show. You know, he's the early set that people be like, "Who the hell is Tyle Cruz?" And like, oh, imagine how many of those moments there'd be. They'd be like, "Oh, you oh. know that one song," and then people are like, "No, I don't think I know that one song." And then like, "No, no, you know that one song this time." For the lineup, you'd have to just put the song names. Yeah. <laughs> you it's don't like, you know how they list it? Like, you two playing Joshua Tree. Yeah. Like, front to back. It'd be like, Tyle Cruz will play Dynamite. <laughs> Gautier will play somebody that <laughs> I used play. to know. Like, 
Edward Sharp and the Magnificent Zeros will play home. Home. They're oh, actually, that's a great one. They're notorious for not playing home. I know. There's yeah. a lot of bands that do that. It's annoying. It's like, okay, you're at a festival. Play the song that everybody knows. So, yeah, that's my first one. Who's, what's your next one? Give it to me. Wait, well, I'm trying to think, though. What would be the perfect location for the One Hit Wonders Fest? What is a great city or place that just encapsulates One Hit Wonder? I think it's gotta be like a, it's gotta be a little dated. Like it can't be like a city that's like super up on trends. Yeah, it's gotta be one that had its, its like, heyday in the past. It's like, it's definitely a Midwest city. Um, maybe Minneapolis, like something like that. Like yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's like oh, this is a nice town, but like I'm not loving it here. Where everyone there is gonna be happy to hear those songs and not be mad that. You know, like, oh, you're going to go see Gautier, but you only know the one song. It's going to be people like, oh, I know that one song. I'd go see them. Yeah. You know, you need that energy. And I feel like that is very Midwestern. For sure. That's like, that's the, it's, this is cool to us. Yeah, it's exactly. Like the, the Midwest uh, feel. All right. My second one, two days in Tallahassee, yeah. hosted by okay. the one and only Creed. We don't care fest. <laughs> nice. Head, headliners, it. Creed on one night, Nickelback on the other night. Yeah. Undercard. We got stained. We got Daughtry. <laughs> we got uh Collective Soul. <laughs> three, three, what is it? Incubus. Three doors down. Three days three grace. Down. Three doors no. down. Incubus. Incubus um, is on there. It's basically that era. And they're just fully leaning into it of like, yes, we know everyone makes fun of us, but we don't care. And the fans going there also don't care. And they're like going ironically, but some of them are actually going because they like the music. And they want to scream arms wide open with Scott Stop. It's almost like this is if you did like a Pandora station of like late 90s. Like this, yeah. this, is, this is the late 90s Pandora station. But not like the the little genre that kind of like had some longevity and is rebirth like pop punk. It's not like Third Eye Blind or Blink-182. They were almost too good in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is more like Fred Durst is going to make a special appearance. Or maybe we get a whole Limp Biscuit set. Yeah, that'd be sick. Break something. Fuel, fuel is on there. Yep. Um, I almost want to say Matchbox Twenty, but they're like they. I thought the same line. thing. Yeah, I was like Matchbox Twenty and Goo Goo Dolls, but are they like too soft? Goo Goo Dolls could be on there. <laughs> Slide. I went to a White Sox game uh, opening day, and Goo Goo Dolls didn't slide. It's like the seven inning stretch. The song about abortion. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you slide? It was sick. Oh, uh, Verve Pipe. Verve pipe could be on there. Freshman, True. yeah. I just remembered I went to a I forgot who opened, but it was a Goo Goo Dolls Matchbox 20 co-headlining show. <laughs> My parents have seen Matchbox 20 like a lot. Like they really like Rob Thomas. It's from Orlando. Shout out to Matchbox 20. <laughs> um, all right, you ready for my next one? Yep. Okay. This is boy bands, but dash solo only. <laughs> so <laughs> you had to have been in a boy band but you can only perform solo. All right. I have three. Like, are we doing three days or two days? Uh, we'll do three. I say we do three days eras. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I had three headliners off the top of my head. I want to see if you so here are my headliners headlining, like late nineties, early two thousands, kick the whole thing off. It's gotta be JT. Yeah. Like, you got to start with Timberlake and then the kind of bridge the gap there, Joe Jonas. Oh, okay. So, and then last <sighs> Last day you do hair. I feel like Nick would be the headliner, not Joe. I just I like Joe more. I, I mean, that's fair. You can be a big DNCE guy, sure. but <laughs> dude, 
don't know what to tell you. Well, Cake by the Ocean. Cake by the Ocean is bigger than any song Nick had. Yeah. Yeah. Cake by the Ocean was so big, no one even realized that was Joe Jonas. True. (laughs) And then, uh, I mean, Harry Styles is last day. Yeah. Right. But yeah, those, those are the headliners. Undercard. I think every day you break the rule on the generations thing and you have a Jonas play every day though. <laughs> every day there is a Jonas. And then, I mean, it, this right. Poor itself. Kevin gets the early afternoon slot yeah. on Sunday Kevin, when everyone's too hungover to make it. <laughs> uh, Nick Carter. He's on yes, there. It's gotta and, be and, on this, there. This, and you know who MCs like the whole thing? Joey Fatone's doing some, he's doing crowd, <laughs> he's doing crowd work. All DP with my high school. <laughs> yeah. So what do you got? He still yeah, hangs he, around. That's a, the high school. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Um, I think one name you're missing, if this is a, uh, I don't know, depend if it's in the U.S., he's going to yeah. be billed differently. But if it's in England, Robbie Williams deserves a spot okay. on this yeah, I think lineup the, as well. What I struggled with was like, you have to give love to, um, like, I don't know where Donnie Wahlberg falls. <laughs> <laughs> but, Don, but like New Kids on the Block has to be in there somehow, but no one that actually was successful music outside of new kids on the block but they're like one of the first boy bands so i don't know how donnie fits in maybe donnie does like a table read of blue bloods <laughs> <laughs> or you could just do a uh you know how bonnaroo has like the super jam it's like jack antonoff super jam or yep. whatever you could be like mark Wahlberg and brings out friends yeah. and it's just mark Wahlberg bringing out all of his Wahlberg super jam <laughs> yeah that's and cool. then he does uh oh my god what was the song uh, what was Marky Mark's song? Feel it, feel yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just does that at the end and everybody goes crazy. I'm in. I like that one. Um, okay, so my last one, a little bit more serious, but I want to bring this one up because it's going to create so much debate. Okay. okay, you get a four-day festival. Right. We're putting it in Washington, D.C. It's going to be politically charged. It is called the Femme Fest. Only female artists are allowed I'm, to play. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> But this is the hard part of thinking of which four get the headline. This is the four I settled on. Okay. Taylor Swift, Rihanna. I threw in Dua Lipa just because she's timely right now. Yep. And then the fourth headliner was either between, I was thinking either Beyonce, Lady Gaga, or Adele. And I'm thinking Beyonce. I think if you're going girl power, Beyonce won. Yeah. Like Gaga's gonna up the be up there. Then I'm going Rihanna. Like Taylor Swift's on a bubble for me. If I'm going like feminine power, like I, I don't really get that vibe from her. If True. I'm trying to make a stand, I I, I T Swift on the bubble. And then that, but that undercard, you throw Phoebe Bridges on there, oh, Lords yeah. on there, um, Florence and the Machine gets to be on there. Halsey's, I've heard her live show is surprisingly good. And I saw Halsey live with my sister begrudgingly. And, really. Uh, I was correct to be begrudged going. Into yeah, that. I, I kind of had that same very, thought. And then I saw videos of her last show. I was like, whoa. Um, Who else? Right. I mean, Olivia Rodrigo, definitely going to be there. You're talking yeah. about even some smaller artists, Japanese Breakfast, Caroline Polachek. Fiona Apple, get like for the indie. There you crowd. go. Some old yeah. school. I like that. Throwing maybe Diana Ross Nora does a Jones. legendary set. We do a Whitney Houston hologram. <laughs> perfect <laughs> you have to do a hologram in there okay. adele might be mad that she didn't get invited yeah what do you do with adele hmm 
I feel like I mean, well, she's done one festival her entire like she's Glastonbury be once, right? Yeah, she has to be like a headliner. Yeah. You ready for my criminal crim? I'm ready. This is this would be the most insane thing. There's a lot of levels to this. This is a two-dayer. <laughs> it's actors who can sing. <laughs> you cannot you have to be a legitimate actor, but the way that the stage breaks down for this festival is insane. Okay. okay. So your headliners are like run of the mill, like Zoe Deschanel, JGL. They're going to do a duet. Jack Black's going to sing. Ryan Gosling's going to sing. Idris Alba's going to DJ. Oh, yes. But then you do an SNL only stage. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Sandler, Fallon. Do we get a whole Lonely Island set? Because I'm in. Yeah, you could throw Lonely Island. You could do an MCU stage. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Jamie Foxx, Jeremy Renner, Jeff Bridges. And then you just do like a for comedic purposes stage. And you've got like Hasselhoff trying to sing. William Shatner's <laughs> trying to be a lounge singer. Like there's, this is this festival. It's, it's done in the Hollywood bowl. It's super okay. self-serving for like these actors. Yes. Like, it, this is just, this is for them pretty much. Bradley um, Cooper does the all of yep. the uh, stars born Cooper soundtrack. All stars born. As Jackson, but, yeah, whatever I was just going to say that as Jackson, Maine, like, and yeah, it's, and it's going to some cause that they can't explain to you. Like, <laughs> they, they can't tell you. They're like, you know, this money's going to a great place, but they don't know where it's going. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm in. Which Jackman state? hosts the event and does a full theatrical. Yeah, we could do a the whole end. theater stage <laughs> of like Jackman and um, I'm blanking on Doogie Howser's name. Uh, How much your mother? Oh uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris could be on that stage. Like you could do this. I mean, who who's not in on this? What stage would you be at? Because I I would be at the just a joke stage, like all. Day. I think I would def I would not miss Adam Sandler's set and the Lonely Island set. I don't care who else is playing at the same time. I'd have to be there. He, like Eddie Murphy had like one serious song. Like just hear him try to sing that serious song. He didn't, <laughs> oh God, I've got it. it was something about like partying. Well, David Hasselhoff singing his one song would be a great moment. Oh, though. yeah. Like like Shatner covering Sinatra. <laughs> He's like, hey, do you know I was in space? Blue moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has to be like at sunset time. Just oh, yeah. Everyone Very has romantic. like their obnoxious old yeah. fashions. Yeah. I like yeah. that one. That's a party all the time. That was the Eddie Murphy song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how, did I, how could I forget? Yeah, I mean, I think that takes the cake. I hate to say it. All right, I'm going to send that up the chain at Live Nation. Find my yeah. connects. I feel like we need these festivals done. If you want to sell tickets, you want another when we were young festival, mm -hmm. this is what you need to do. You want to move some merch. All right, Jake, let's go to this next thing. Well, okay. you and I, when we were doing the 15th Man podcast, one of the segments we like to do was kind of, we had a little rant at the end. Yep. We tried to, you know, pardon the interruption style of short segments, put a timer on the clock. It was kind of like something completely off topic, not even music and sports related, just something that really got you going. I remember mm -hmm. I had one about parking. You had one about uh, Instagram influencers and ads. I don't know if you have one now, but I'm just going to go on a little bit and then you can go on one rant too. And yeah. we kind of branch us into a larger conversation of how the NBA is broken. Okay. It's something that you and I both love dearly. Your Celtics are in the finals right now. We're recording this after game one. They pull off that incredible comeback. By the time it comes out, game two have already gone by. Maybe the Warriors tie it up. 
So we're not going to talk about the finals itself, but we're going to talk about the NBA and the issues that it has because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the flopping. I'm, I'm tired of Marcus Smart. You know, this is the example. This is my first point. I was watching game seven. Yes. Game seven of the Heat and Celtics with my friend and his girlfriend. His girlfriend, not like sports agnostic, but not, you know, super into it. Doesn't know any of the players, you know, basketball. She knows, she understands how basketball is played, but she doesn't know any of the players in the NBA, whatever. Mm -hmm. One quarter in, she goes, why is that guy so dramatic? Can you take a (laughs) wild guess at who she was pointing at? I mean, it's smarter, Lowry. Mark is smart. Yeah. She's like, why is this man always on the ground? Why is he so dramatic? Every time I look, he's falling over. Why is he always falling? And then she points later and she goes like, wait, that guy does it too. Kyle Lowry. And my friend was just telling her, like her boyfriend was telling her like, oh, that's just his thing. That's like, he's really good at it. And it popped in my head. It's like, he is really good at it. He falls a certain way. But can you think of the amount of time that Marcus Smart has put into falling the correct way and flopping? And if he put that into his jump shot, how much of a better shooter he might be? Um, I don't want him to be a better jump shooter because I think he, he has too much confidence as is. Fair. That's true. That'd be a bad, bad thing for the Celtics. I do want to get this out in the air. Um, if Kyle Lowry didn't win a championship in 2019, he would not be in the league and he would be Raymond Felton 2.0. I yeah. just want to feel, I, I like I think that. He's bad at basketball. He's I like that. Good. Um, I'm going to push back a little bit. I, I think the NBA broken stuff is just kind of like, I don't know. Do you guys have a good time watching the game? Yeah. Not always. But like, playoffs have stunk. Really, really though? Like, are you sure they've stunk? Because game one of the finals was sick. And isn't that the point of the whole thing? Every game in the Buck Celtics game was good. Every Nets Celtics game was good. Every Warriors Grizzlies game, besides that 50 point blowout, which was still entertaining, was good. I think we like, have we forgotten what basketball games look like? Like, okay, that's fair. I don't want any like 80 to 72. Like, yeah, the and early I think 2000s we, just, finals. we have this like false nostalgic nostalgia of like, well, man, basketball used to be a better product. It didn't. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm going to plug this. Bob Ryan's coming on my podcast next week, and he had a plug tweet away. three weeks ago. And he said the three-point line has ruined basketball. And I'm, I'm excited to dive into that with Bob. <laughs> but I think the game has evolved, and it's still a good product. People are still watching. They're still entertained. I don't think the NBA is broken. I think the refereeing has to be adjusted, Yes, that though, was my next point. Oh, my God, it's atrocious. I, the fact that, like, people who don't watch the NBA night in, night out know Tony Brothers, know Scott <laughs> Foster, is an issue. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest issue of the game. It's not the players flopping. It's how the game is being called and how the refs have made it about them. Yes. Is the, that's the core issue. And honestly, here's something you don't hear a lot. I think the biggest issue is actually Adam Silver. By being too much of a player's commissioner? Adam Silver had, he was put in a rough spot because he came in and he's like, you know, they, I was given a layup here. Get rid of Sterling. Everyone's going to love me. But how yep. do you, st- but now I have to stay in favor. And I just have to keep bending over and keep bending over and keep giving this to you guys. And Richard Jefferson had a rant uh, yesterday, two days ago, that he's like, basketball is a hard game. You have to be prepared to play these 82 games. You can't just be like, I need a shorter season. And he's right. Like, well, that's the other part, too, that pissed me off is how many times do you watch a series like, oh, blah, 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 is not playing. Like, it's not their full teams. And the fact that these guys are playing like 55 games or something, which is absolutely Wait, are, ridiculous. Are you saying in the playoffs? Well, it has happened in the playoffs, which I know is more of injury. Like you can't really help yeah. that. But 
the fact that it happened so often where the regular season, this regular season seemed like the worst regular season I've seen in a very long time. And that includes ones that were COVID affected, that it was almost like you watch a game and you're like, why am I watching this? Like so-and-so is on the bench and they're not even, it seems, I think the main thing, which I never thought I'd get to this point. Cause like, we're both young. We're not trying to be old grumpy guys. You know, I'm not Bob Ryan saying the three has ruined basketball, but it sucks to be like, when you finally get to that point of like, dude, just play. I don't know. I, I shit, man. It, it's really hard to play basketball. And I have days at work that I mail it in. And I don't think these players owe us anything. We don't pay. We don't pay for these guys' salaries directly. Us, bu- us well, buying, kind of. uh, buying a sling package is not putting money in LeBron James' pocket at the end of the day. So I think we, they owe us nothing. When they're great, they're great. And it's awesome. And when they're not great, it's fine. Because I would still take the NBA over any other sport any day of the week because when the NBA is at its top, at its best, like it was in game one of the finals, there's nothing honestly that trumps it. Like, that's where I'm at. I think we have just over expectations. LeBron is 38. Rest all you want, dude. I don't care. Anthony Davis is hurt all the time. Rest all you want. It doesn't matter. You're still going to be hurt. You're Yeah, whatever he's doing isn't working. <laughs> Maybe play more if you're Anthony Davis. Maybe you need to stay loose. But I really like... Pop invented this, and there's a reason Pop's still in the league, and there's a reason that Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili were together for 30 years. Like, there's a reason they were dominant for 30 years, and it's because of this process. I I just think we – the problem is with the NFL, it's 16 weeks, so we don't get tired of seeing the guys. Yeah. It's 82 games. The NBA is easier targets because – we're closer to the guys. We see their faces and it just implores the media to just go after these guys way more. And I think the NBA is in a great place. The NBA has never been in a better place talent wise ever, literally Facts. ever. So I don't, I don't understand what all the concerns are. Watching Giannis Antetokounmpo is special. He's the best player right now without a doubt. Which is also partially because you can tell he cares. Like he plays, he, he does. Yeah. He the, cares. like stands out. And I feel like it shouldn't stand out so much, but like, you know, who, who are these players that don't care? Cause I just think we James hide, Harden, we hide ben behind Simmons, like three Kyrie guys. Irving. Okay. The Ben Simmons stuff, the warriors, when they I, get down 30, I'm not going to allow Ben Simmons slander. I'm really not. He had a slip disc. Do you want to work somewhere where everyone hates you? No, you, <laughs> you wouldn't want to go in. Seriously. If everyone, I, mean, yeah, I don't blame Think him. about that. If everyone hated you at your job, but they would not fire you. They would not move. You, they would not move <laughs> past you. You would not go in. You would be pissed. You would hate it. And then yeah. he did have a slip disc. He's had back issues before. He's had injuries issues before. I think Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant has potentially been the most dangerous duo next season. I really do. You, you're looking at the best offensive player when he wants to be with potentially the best defender in the league if they're healthy. Kyrie, who cares? If he wants to be weird, not get the vaccine. I mean, I'm not anti-vaccine. Don't get me wrong. But like... <laughs> I just think in general, we spend a lot of time caring what other people do and don't do. And like, who gives a shit? James Harden. He likes strip clubs. <laughs> cool. He wants to get fat. Let him. Who cares? Like, I don't care. I, 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 I then again, like I sit here, I'm a Celtics fan. They play hard. Most nights They're a young team. Like <laughs> Jalen Brown is going to be in charge of the players union. One day he goes to Harvard in the off season. He's super Jason engaged. Tatum's a dad already. Jason Tatum's like a like really responsible dad. <laughs> Like everyone plays hard. Like, so it's really like they have a Doku who's screaming at him. Like I have this team where like, I, there's no one I dislike. So I get, you know, it's a little different, but like, I just think we care too much sometimes. Like if they don't care about the game, then just don't let it bother you. 
<laughs> I agree with you, honestly. And you make like really good points where I, everything off the court, I don't like how we just go after these guys and stuff. Yeah, I think the only shit? time where it's gotten to me is watching a game and you're like halfway through it and like sports used to be fun and this doesn't feel fun anymore. And I'm trying to figure out why that it's, is. It's, and it seems so consistent. It's, with a, it's internal. NBA. It's internal. It, it's an internal issue with the fans. Saying sports aren't fun anymore. Yeah. And also it's TikTok's fault. I hate TikTok. I think tic, uh, want me TikTok's to rant? ruined a lot. Of I things. think TikTok is awful. I think TikTok is so bad for us. I think TikTok is like poisonous. Like, listen, I just started post- posting clips from my podcast on TikTok and that's all I do. I do not watch it. I hate it. I think it is so bad. I think it's I bad for consuming content. I think it's literally bad for our brains. Have you ever watched somebody watch TikTok? Yeah, my girlfriend TikToks all the time. Oh, it's insane. You it's, can kind of just see like the, the life in their eyes is gone. Yeah, it's just like, man, you know what I love to do? Sit down and just really engage with something. And I, <laughs> I, TikTok is sending us to a terrible place, man. Terrible. And, you know, it's, it's ruined sports, too, because you get guys on there who are like, Top five players in NBA right now. It's like, dude, shut up. You don't watch anything. Like, I think that's the issue too. Like, there's so many people who love this stuff because they don't even watch it. And I think that's my issue too. Is like, my main thing is watching the game. And when I watch it, realizing like that was a disappointing waste of two hours, which I get is why a lot of people don't watch the game (laughs) because they're like, why would you sit there for two hours where I could just watch this five minute highlight and be like, Jason Tatum's the best? Did you see what he did in the fourth quarter? Like, I get the push and pull. I think just the way I grew up, maybe of like watching a whole game was something that I enjoyed and trying to figure out, which I think to your point, if I had to reorganize it, number one is probably the refs. Then number two is like them not playing. Then number three is, you know, the game flow style, whatever. Or I don't even know anymore, but maybe the refs is the main problem and the rules should be just be tweaked a little and I'll get right back into it. I think I still love the NBA. I'm not trying to like, do you have league pass? Don't watch it. no, See, the issue is like you, you got to get league pass and you got to find the games. Not every NFL Sunday game is great. And not every night in the NBA is, is like not every time is the ABC game going to be the best game that night. Every night there's a good yeah. game in the NBA and you just have you to, just find, have to it. find like it. That, that's, that's yeah. We again to the NFL thing like you know how many blowouts there are in the NFL. How many games just suck. But then we just remember like a, a charge of the red Chiefs. zone. Yeah, the we, red it, zone just changes yeah. everything. But then we remember like a Chargers Chiefs game. Like, man, that season was awesome. That Rams Chiefs game five years ago, that was one of the best seasons of football because of that one game. Like, yeah. it, 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 I, I, I like the NFL. I think we hold it to this super high, ridiculous standard. I think it's actually like offensive how much we love that league as a country. But yeah, I just think we need to approach the NFL. We need to give the NFL the same grief that we give the NBA. We do. I don't know how they. They're so good at just powering through everything because they have a lot more crap. Like, at least the issues with basketball are like, the players, Dude, they're super not availability super and it's, like on the court, you know, it's just little things. The think, NFL has like real issues. Think about this, Sean. The biggest two ish, three issues in the NBA this year James Harden likes to party, Kyrie Irving doesn't want to. Weirdo. Kyrie Irving is, yeah, he's a little off. Ben Simmons doesn't want to play. The NFL, we have, we're in the middle of like a two year long investigation over Deshaun Watson, and every headline isn't. It's always like, is when's Deshaun Watson coming back? It's never actually yeah. addressing what, why should he get to come back? Right? Like the NFL is the scummiest league. And we just, because it's only on 16 days a week, we act like it's gold. Because those 16 days are awesome. <laughs> I could take it or leave it, honestly. <laughs> I really could. Because you know what I like about the NBA? 
The NBA doesn't dictate your time. You can be like, you know, I'll catch this NBA game. Oh, I got nothing going on tonight. I'll throw on an NBA game. You have to literally build your entire year around the NFL schedule. It's That's dumb. the TikTok generation of you talking. Oh, because I don't want to give away my whole Sunday. Sometimes I like to go grocery shop and do yard work. You know, it used to be good. You'd sit around and you'd have something. You'd have to schedule time. You know, you have to be at the TV at this time and the family gathers around and you have your TV trays. And <laughs> Back in my day. Yeah, that is I the just, beauty of it. I think we're just holding the NBA and the NFL to different unrealistic standards. I think we do that with a lot of things. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Do you have something to rant about? I mean, it's TikTok. I just think TikTok's like literally the worst thing that happened in the last like 15 <laughs> years. I think I think the two things that like piss me off the most right now are Elon Musk and, Tis- and TikTok. Two things that people just irrationally love that do nothing are Elon Ma- Musk and TikTok. So that's definitely true with Elon. Yeah. They do nothing. What has Elon Musk done? <laughs> Fraud. No, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Like he tried to buy Twitter and I don't think he's buying it now. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. There. Well, I think actually he might've just pulled like one of the greatest SEC roundabout ways of insider trading where he's going to bump up the price, it's trash down. the price, it's then not down. actually buy it and then buy it back at the cheaper. Yeah, it's down like eight bucks. I don't know. Um, I don't know how he's going to do that. Legally, just, but. He's he's the worst. He he's seriously <laughs> the worst. And I just think we do this thing where we just blindly follow people because they do they they think of cool ideas and they execute on like one of them. True. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at. TikTok and Leon Musk. Worst thing <laughs> to happen in the last like 20 years. It's been awful. Th- there's in the last 20 years, Sean. There's been a pandemic, and the worst two things that happen are Elon Musk or TikTok. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Not the not the violence. Not the. First nope. European ground war, not all the terrible nope. things in the Middle it's East. Elon the... Musk and TikTok. <laughs> Sorry. Uyghurs in China. Nope. <laughs> TikTok. Honestly, TikTok's up there. Yeah, it sucks. Just if you're somebody who likes TikTok, which I'm not blaming you. I, I understand the addictions. People send me TikToks and I just watch them, you know, on a browser because I don't have the app, which is really annoying. TikTok makes it really annoying for you to consume any TikTok content without having the app. And they're funny, but if you just watch somebody watch TikTok and your whole experience will be changed. Yeah. It's like, just watch them just unplug and just die. <laughs> yeah. Fall yeah. into a hole. It's awful. All right, Jacob. Well, I appreciate you joining me. I think that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I'll be jumping on your podcast and vice versa. Yep. And we'll be hearing each other's voices. Go listen to his podcast. It is sports, music, and movies. Go ahead and plug anything else that you're up to right now. Uh, you know, sports music movies. You can get it on Spotify, Apple. Follow me on Instagram, Jacob Allen Roach. Post some breakout videos on there. Twitter, Roach underscore 97. Got some videos going up there. We got Bob Ryan next week. Uh, Bob Ryan, probably John Jansen. He's a Philly radio host. And then I think, Sean, you'll be on uh, probably two weeks from now. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, appreciate you joining me. That is another edition of the Chords and Chords podcast. Kind of a fun, flowing, ranging conversation where we talk <laughs> some 80s action movies. But it's timely because Top Gun's out. So hope you enjoyed it. Catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, follow, tell your friends, all the good stuff. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.